Hold on to your earphones, folks, because you are listening to Griff Chat, the only burly podcast where a griffin speaks to another griffin. I'm your co-host, Brad. Uh, and I'm a guest today, uh, Benjamin Gore. Uh, I am, I don't know, I think I'm quite different from like the last uh, three guests uh, in the fact that I'm not really part of the Griffin leadership team. I'm, I'm a first year Griffin, uh, second year ANU student studying um, finance and IT. And um, I, I've watched, uh, well, I've rather listened to a lot of the other podcast episodes on um, Spotify and I was a pretty big fan of them. So I just decided, well, it will be cool to hop on and give this podcast a go. Yeah, that is fantastic. It's great that you're actually not a member of the Griffin Hall leadership because that was primarily the purpose of this podcast in the first place. <laughs> yeah, to, oh, to like branch out to like uh, more uh, non-leadership members of Griffith. Uh, Griffin, yeah, sort sorry. of branch out, interact with ordinary members, see their hidden talents. I don't know, maybe playing music or singing or just a general chat about what they're interested about or what they're studying, that sort of thing. Okay, well, if we're going off like talents or like funny things, that I can do. <laughs> I've got like many of them. Yeah, like uh, Okay, so I think if some people like might have seen me in the Griffin Hall common room, like I like solving um, Rubik's cubes. I think that's a lot of fun. Really? Yeah. That is so... incredible because I have this Rubik's cube at home that I, ju- I just cannot solve. It's, Im- it's impossible. Oh my goodness. Okay, surely sometime like later in the holidays, once exams are finished, I can I'll go over and teach you how to solve it. Yeah, I'll look forward to that. I'll just try and see if I can find it. It's probably buried in a shelf somewhere. Yeah, so I think I'm not that uh, professional or not that serious when it comes around to it. Like I, I mainly did it a lot when I was like uh, 12 and 13 years old. And then after that, I dropped it because it was like mostly just grinding to get better, which I didn't really want to do. But the process of learning how to solve the Rubik's Cube was always um, really fun to me. Uh, I think now I average around 30 seconds for Rubik's Cube, which is that is uh, better than most people. It's it's not that insane. What is insane though is the um, world record for the Rubik's Cube, which um, has been uh, competed for by like two um, different people, uh, Max Park and uh, Taimon. And basically the world record, they currently jointly hold the world record of an average of 4.86 seconds to solve a Rubik's Cube. How is that even possible? Yeah, yeah. It is, their their solving is so fast that I think even with 300 tries and knowing the solutions to the scrambles that they got, uh, I could not even get close to those times. They turn so quickly. I think their average turn speed is like 10 to 12 uh, turns per second. And they're like uh, doing that while also thinking of like solutions and different ways they can go about solving it faster. And that all happens within like the five seconds that they're solving the Rubik's Cube. That is insane. That is just Yeah, it is it is mental. It is really crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, really. Well, that's pretty cool. You're studying a degree in finance and IT, right? Yes. Uh, another CBE boy representing. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I just kind of felt like my thought process behind selecting my degrees was uh, I was uh, coming from like Asian family with Asian background. I did lots of math stuff when I was younger and I was thinking, well, I'm pretty good at maths and I quite like doing maths. So why not try and get a job that revolves around doing something mathy? And then obviously I looked at like the, the math courses at the at ANU, but they looked uh, very, very difficult. <laughs> math courses are not easy, especially when you get to like the second, third and fourth year math courses. So oh, I was like, it. 
Yeah. I, I don't even study math, and the amount of math in my degree is just why I picked a humanities unit specifically <laughs> to avoid math. Yeah, and I think I think that I uh, mainly <laughs> this is gonna sound kind of bad, but basically I was like, well, I would like a degree that can like safely land me a job like after university and can make me like decent pay. So I figured that the easiest way to do that would be to select finance and IT. I think finance is like pretty good, but uh, in terms of like the workload and how how it is doing it, but the IT uh, IT degree is the one that gives me the most trouble. I think that's where the most interesting stuff happens, though. Why don't I just walk through some stories from like <laughs> doing my IT degree? Sure, shoot ahead. Yeah. Okay. So this course that I, I recently did this semester, and um, I have yet to do the final exam for, but I did the big assignment for is um. Comp uh, 2100, and for that course, students had to use uh, Android Studio, which is like a funny um, a desktop application that allows you to build um, applications in uh, that can be used by Android phones and Google phones. And some people's computers or laptops that they own, because you know university students don't have that much money, uh, mm -hmm. some of their laptops were not very good. And when they would try to run Android Studio, their computer would restart because the, the Android Studio was taking up too much memory, which made <laughs> software development very, very difficult for students. Yeah, that was, that was not a fun course, but... Yeah, that sounds like a bit of a headache. Yes, it was. But hey, it, it, it comes with the job. If you're going to do computing, you're going to eventually run into things that give you a bit of headaches. Yeah, mad. Uh, tell me, how does a finance degree differate between a business admin degree? Because that was my degree. I'm just uh, curious about the difference. Sure. Okay. Well, I can probably say this as a finance student. I haven't taken any third year courses, but I'm pretty safe. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm saying this. A finance degree is a bit easier. <laughs> a, a bit, bit easier. Uh, if you can get the math down and the math is not super complicated, there's no real, there's only, oh no, that's not even that in the finance course. No, there's no proofs, which is really good. And it's basically just get a formula, understand how the formula works, and then they give you a question in the exam, and you just put the numbers into a formula, and then return a value, and then say, oh, this is the value that you asked me for, and here's my working out to get this value. And they're like, yes, you did a good job. But I feel like with a business admin degree especially, um, I'm sure... Uh, wait, as a business admin degree, do they get you to write essays? Uh, some of them do, most of them don't. It's a lot of it's uh, just reports and, well, business plans, negotiation strategies, that sort of thing. Yeah, so I feel like with that one, that gets a little bit more difficult because there's a bit more of a grey area. Um, with finance, you can always be um, correct or you can be wrong and there's no real in-between uh, because there'll always be a correct answer for the given question. But I feel like for business admin, there's a few more complications here and there um, with studying that. Yeah, all right. So where do you picture yourself after you graduate? I have no idea. I'm still trying to figure that out. Honestly, I'm, I'm exactly the same. Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not even 20 yet. <laughs> I'm, I'm turning 20 uh, in February, but I'm like, I have no idea what the world uh, has to offer because I feel like once I graduate, the world will have changed once again because uh, everything's just happening so quickly, um, especially in recent times. Uh, if you want to date this podcast episode, uh, the British Prime Minister just resigned. There you go. That's a big thing. And I just feel like so many other big things are happening in the world that I'm not even aware of and that the world is just changing super quickly. Uh, tell me about it. I spent a couple of my first years at ANU before COVID. So I've uh, experienced the sort of 
classroom setting, examination hall, the stress and workload about that. Never in a million years would I anticipate I'd be spending the remaining of my degree under conditions like lockdown, distancing, Mm -hmm. mask mandates. It's just incredible. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens in the next five or ten years. Mm, Yes. Speaking of uh, examinations, wait, you've actually had examinations in examination halls? Uh, yeah, it was pretty much almost every course in every semester pre-COVID. That was pretty much the grind. Wow, okay, because um, I'm, I'm a second year student. So um, every one of my exams so far, I've never had an exam in an examination hall. All of mine have been online. Really? Mm-hmm. Yes, really. Well, it's second year, so you would have started 2021? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would yeah that would make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's pretty much a bit like your high school exams. Have you ever done the ASTs? Yes, I have. Uh, I, I did the <laughs> I did the funny program. You might have heard of it called the uh, International Baccalaureate or the IBE program at, at school. So I, I'm very yeah, used to doing exams. Yeah, I, I do. I, I do really prefer the uh, online exam format though because you kind of can get ready in your own time, and I feel like. If it's just you, you can more easily prepare and focus up like 15 minutes before the exam starts. But I feel like when there's a lot of people around who are also taking the exam, that makes me nervous because they're all very nervous, which is very understandable. It's like a usually a big exam. And so I really prefer the uh, online exam uh, setting. I don't know about you, Brad. Do you prefer um, in-person exams? I got to admit, I'm a little bit spoiled with my degree now because a lot of it has been take-home exams. A lot of it has been final essays rather than in-hall examinations. So instead of the stress being condensed in those two to three hours on that specific day, it's just more spread out throughout the week. And I've been a bit spoiled. No, that's okay. I, I'm sure you've like, you've done plenty of it. I think you've done like enough exams in your life to be like, well, you know, it's nice to, you know, have, have some choice with these things. Oh, absolutely. Say, so, do you happen to have any, uh, entrepreneurial instinct in you considering that you're doing a finance degree uh <laughs> i don't know uh maybe i'm not really aspiring to do any entrepreneurship stuff although i do feel like the the internet has kind of ruined that word for me has it, <laughs> i think yeah. the word the, i think the word entrepreneur has just been tainted because now everybody on instagram who has an account can just call themselves an entrepreneur i'll be like oh look at me I'm cool. I can do business stuff. And it's very easy to like, uh, I don't know, fake that sort of image. I I don't know. I feel like an entrepreneur, especially entrepreneurs on social media are not really what, well, I guess you could argue that they are sort of like entrepreneurs because they're unique and they're trying to build a business, but it it all feels quite fake to me, honestly. Yeah, that's a fair take. I ask because uh, as you know, Cambry has a lot of uh, vacancies around. There's a lot of empty storefronts, especially the old China Plate restaurant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a bit of a running joke throughout the year, just student culture-wise, about uh, what we could possibly replace it with. Got any ideas on how to, uh, what could go there? Wait, are you talking about replacing, uh, uh, like, one of the stores in Cambry? Or... I'm thinking about opening a business in Cambry where the old China plate used to be. Maybe just as a fun project for this uh, specific podcast. So... Put your thinking hats on. You and I are going into business. Just go with it. We're going into business. What are we going to open? Oh, I, I've I've got no idea. I, I don't really know what uh, what people what people like or what people want to buy. 
So <laughs> I, I'm thinking of a lot of things, but they're a little bit questionable. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, how about not... this? Just for a pitch, because uh, you're a Canberra boy, right? Yes, I am. I've lived in Canberra my entire life. Beautiful. So have I. We're both townies. So there's this institution known as Goodberries. You're familiar with it? Oh, uh, not really. I can search it up on my computer now. Anyway, I'm sure every Griffin would probably be reminiscing on the joyful times of going to Goodbreeze after laser tag. Goodbreeze is a Canberra institution that's just iconic with its frozen custard and goods. Oh, sure. This sounds this sounds pretty good. Yeah, I yeah, can I reckon definitely they'll take, see. I reckon they'll take off to the moon if we opened Goodbreeze on Canberra. Yeah. Um, also, another good thing is that I don't think that there are many places on campus that sell uh, cold food. Most of them sell like hot food, um, take basically almost every restaurant in uh, Cambry. So I feel like if we open this, then it won't really have that much competition, which is really good. And a lot of people will go there. Yeah. Do you know what else is also missing? I mean, sure, we have that little bit of a cafe culture here, but we are really missing out on some staple breakfast foods. Like, whereabouts oh. in Canberra anymore can you get a decent stack of pancakes, waffles, or even Dutch pancakes? Good old-fashioned bacon and egg roll. Oh, uh, I don't know. I've never really thought about it very much because I always eat the same thing for breakfast every single day, so... Yeah, I mean, the closest thing you got to breakfast foods in Canberra ever since the bakery shut down is just a croissant or even a muffin with a coffee at pretty much any cafe around here. So you think we should open like, again, I think that's probably a pretty good idea because much like the last idea, if you open like a bakery um, or something that caters towards breakfast foods, there there won't be that much a competition uh, because most of all the other stores uh, cater to like lunches and dinners. So yeah, I think that could work. Yeah. How about we uh, come up with the name of this bakery or breakfast bar? What would we call it? <laughs> We call it. <laughs> is it going to be a Griffin Hall thing where we just uh, do that, or is it going to be something where uh, every person uh, well, on? Well, we could hire Griffin Hall members to be staff, but it'll be uh, basically a business open on campus. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I, I have no idea what we should call it. I'm, I'm not very good at naming our businesses. Okay, what's something that we can incorporate that's smart? Something that incorporates what we do versus the sort of environment that we're in? Okay, well, what we do is we make um, breakfast, so it should probably just, it should probably have something to do with breakfast, right? Because that's our main selling point. Yep, maybe some baking. Ooh, the first thing that came into mind, how about study bake? Study and baking, study bake. Uh, I think that the word studying probably has a bit of a negative connotation to it. Uh, good point, good point. <laughs> in, in university. Uh, I think that for me, myself, I don't mind it that much because uh, I've been I've been doing studying and stuff my entire life. But I don't know, maybe, maybe putting study in the name is not such a good idea, Brad. Yeah, okay. Um, what else can we do? <laughs> you, should just, you should just name the bakery Griffin Hall. Uh, I don't think we can do that considering that it would be a private business. Plus, it might attract some questionable attention from the university itself. Uh, yeah, it probably would. Yeah, although that is an alternative stream of revenue, Steph, or Fran, if you're listening. I don't know. Uh, setting up a bakery is lots of work. Oh my goodness. Just cannot imagine that. Probably be good to start small and then work our way up. And then eventually we can go and then open up a shop front rather than just opening um, a shop front straight up. But that's just my opinion. I I'm not, I've never run like a bakery business before, so I don't really know. Yeah, and uh, the bakery culture here at ANU is 
almost non-existent, especially after the bakery just shut. But the lesson we need to learn is how to make a decent coffee and a decent pie, especially with all the tradies coming in and out of campus. And with the campus master plan expanding for the next mm-hmm. 18 or so years, it's going to be a pretty solid stream. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't know. I, I still think that the, the Goodbury's idea, though, is, is pretty good. I think that could definitely catch on. Oh, absolutely. Goodberries is just a classic staple. So how would we convince Goodberries to open uh, a store on campus, do you think? Well, we'd probably have to uh, approach them as franchisees and give them a pretty convincing business plan and also a fair amount of equitable capital to get started. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good idea, but... I don't really know where we'll get the money from. Well, let's just say, um, for the flick of a magic wand, we've got our capital, we've got our franchisee license. We're about to open. What would our roles be, you and I? Would you be uh, storefront or in the kitchen uh, processing the frozen custard and other? I don't know. As, as a finance items. student, I'd, I'd probably be the one like doing the accounts and stuff. I think I'd be uh, better, better at that, but could also help out in the shop front. Um, I know how to use... Well, I have a pretty basic understanding of how to use Xero, which is an accounting software spelled X-E-R-O. And I think that would be pretty good for managing like a small business like us. But again, this is all hypothetical. Yeah, maybe this is when this uh, finance and IT sort of uh, plays into play. Well, sorry, gets mm-hmm. into play. You could reinvest our net revenue towards Goodberry stock. Hostile takeover time, baby. I don't think we want a hostile takeover. You have to be very careful because a lot of Griffins really like, I'm, I'm assuming from the way you've talked about Goodberries, a lot of people really like Goodberries and Griffin. And then if we hostile takeover it and then lose lots of money and have to shut it down, then that kind of hurts us, doesn't it? All right. What other revenue streams could we use to support the business? Goodberry <laughs> NFTs? <laughs> no. That's horrible. Do not do that. No. Or a Goodberries cryptocurrency. Yeah, we can like scam everybody and, and do that. No, 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 no. Okay, for for, <laughs> for, for the sake of this uh, podcast, that was a joke. This is a joke. This is <laughs> none of this is legally binding. Yeah, of course, of course. Of, of course, Brad, of course. All right, let's say that uh, we've established the business. Things are going well. 12 months in, we're net revenue positive miraculously. Mm-hmm. Would that be a time to sell? Our business? I, I, I don't. I really don't think so. I, I think that if we had good breweries for quite a while in campus, I think that it would be um, fine. I think people are still gonna keep um, eating frozen goods and like frozen custard. I mean, I've liked ice cream as a kid, and I still like ice cream nowadays. Like I don't eat it very much, but it's still really good. So I don't think there should be any. A reason for us to sell a good berries. And I think that the main point of opening a good berries obviously is to um, earn money, which is the entire point of a business, but it's also the achieving the secondary objective of helping supply um, frozen goods to uh, people on campus. So I think that if we can keep doing that and keep supplying goods frozen goods to people on campus well uh, whilst maintaining a steady um, steady profit, I don't think there should be any reason for us to sell. Yeah. And I've just thought of something. The closest competitor we've got is, funny enough, Broger or Broger. They've just started selling uh, sorbets and frozen treats. Do you think that would be a considerable threat to our Goodberries business? I don't know. From the way you've, again, from the way you've talked about Goodberries, I'm pretty sure that I've never tried anything from Broger, but I think that with Goodberries, we could try one up them and sell more goods with a higher quality. 
But again, uh, it's also a matter of price because if Broga is selling uh, cheaper sorbets and stuff than us, I'm sure that people will just flock there and kind of maybe not pay attention to our good breweries. We'll see though. Yeah, we'll see. Anyway, I highly recommend you check out Goodberries either in Arendelle or Belconnen. It is good. There's a reason why it's a Canberra institution. Uh, I've never actually tried Goodberries before. I think I live very far from both Belconnen and Arendelle. Hold on, where is Arendelle again? It's, I reckon it's North Tugranon or South Woden, somewhere around there. Oh, never mind. No, I, I think I live... Yeah, I could probably go to Arendelle sometime. Okay, no, never mind. It's It's further than I expected yeah both both the Arendelle in like Belcon and Aaron, uh, both the sorry the Goodberries in Arendelle and Belcon are quite far from me oh what a shame are you a fan of Messina by any chance uh yeah they're pretty good I think um I think my friends have all had them and I've and I've seen them eating it and it looks like pretty good quality ice cream I don't think I've ever ordered anything there though from the top of my memory but I know where it is it's um uh there's one in Braddon isn't there yeah, there's one in Braddon and one in Kingston. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Both places that I frequent. But so do you think that if we can't get good breweries... Well, I think that getting a Messina would probably be even harder on campus, right? Is it Messina is quite expensive? Yeah, Messina is a little pricey and I'm pretty sure they're a bit more stringy with uh, who serves as a franchisee. Yeah. I don't know. I think that Messina probably uh, isn't best suited towards uh, university students, especially if it's going to be more expensive. Because uh, as a university student who doesn't have that much money, uh, if I want an ice cream, I'm probably not going to pay um, an insane amount for it. All right. So uh, in case the market segment and the preliminary business plan decrees that it would be unviable to run frozen goods or a bakery, how about we get into fast food? Fast food? Okay, so uh, now with fast food, we are competing with a lot of other people um, uh, on campus. I think a lot of the, well, they're not necessarily fast food. I guess some things are kind of fast food, uh, but there are lots of places on campus who are competing with us for our fast food. So what is your fast food idea? This got to be pretty good, I think. Ever heard of Kingsley's Fried Chicken? Kingsley's, King, I, I think the last time I went there was like 10 or 15 years ago when I was like, really really young i've seen the ads where they have their awesome chips apparently can you vouch for that i can confirm that unbelievable chicken awesome chips although they're although i have to sort of uh go there occasionally just occasionally but if uh rosie's chicken from the old days of pre-covid was any proxy of how well a chicken and chips store would go i reckon it would be it will do reasonably well although we would have a bit more competition hot star in particular yeah hot star that's what i was thinking as well hot star just sells fried chicken and they've got pretty good business already so yeah all right so considering that uh we sort of stagnated on the ideas of running our own business it seems like the way to go would be as a franchisee rather than a sole trader yeah I, I, i don't i've got no experience with like marketing as proprietary or like partnership so yeah probably best to become franchisee but again this is a this is very hypothetical i can't even begin to imagine how we would even start becoming franchisee yep well hey uh two students can dream right yes they can yes they can very happy about also with airplanes it is very very uncomfortable if you're like more than 190 centimeters tall because of the way you have to get packed in like a sardine 
Yeah, it uh, depends on which airline you're flying to as well. Have you ever flown Ryanair or EasyJet in Europe? Uh, I don't think I have, no. I'll、uh, tell you what,、uh, if you think Jetstar is low cost in a budget airline, you, you don't know the half of it. <laughs> I think I flew with Jetstar once, but I was too young to remember what that was like. Yeah, Jetstar is not really that cheap if you compare it to other markets and other carriers around other continents, really. I mean, budget airlines are significantly cheaper than the mainstream carriers compared to in Australia, where it's only like, what, a 15, 20% lower airfare compared to the main carriers like Virgin and Qantas. Yeah. Oh my goodness.、Uh, speaking of traveling, my goodness, the last time I traveled was in 2018, which was now four years ago. That's the last time I went to.、Uh, Anywhere other than Sydney, obviously, because Sydney's quite close. Yeah, got any、uh, frequent miles on your cards?、Uh, no, I, I don't think I do. I don't even think I own a frequent flyer card. Are、uh, uh, you most you of、doing? the time? Getting, most、uh, of the time I travel with my parents. Yeah, maybe they do own it. I have not asked them though. Yeah, so、uh, here's a hypothetical if you could fly to any country on earth, where would you go? Right now? Right now. Where would you、uh, go? Can I travel back or am I stuck there? Oh, of course you can travel back.、Uh, I probably want to go to、um, Japan at the moment, specifically、uh, Kyoto, because、um, at this time, well, at all times of the year, usually before COVID,、um, Kyoto was massively like,、um, touristy. Like, if you go to like, the really popular shrines in、uh, Kyoto, it's shoulder to shoulder usually.、Um, but with COVID and with the recent decline, Of like the Japanese、uh, tourism. I'm not saying that's a good thing, but if you go there now, it's like quite comfortable. It, there's not that many people there、um, because of just the lack of tourists from like the COVID restrictions. And it's super, super nice. Yeah, interesting. I've heard、uh, from a friend of mine that、uh, Morocco, of all places, is a popular destination for Australians abroad now. Morocco? Yeah, post COVID. I've actually had a,、uh, another friend of mine. She went over to Spain, then crossed over to Morocco, Casablanca, Rabat. Raves pretty highly about it. Yeah, well, I think that usually traveling、uh, anywhere is a positive experience because、um, it's new and it's fun. Yeah, it's、uh, incredibly unique. If I could go on a plane anywhere, I reckon Argentina would be my place. Argentina? Wow, okay. Yeah, l a t i n a m e r i c a seems been to... to fly under the radar. Quite a, a bit. I think the number one rule of living in Argentina would probably just be that、uh, under all circumstances, Lionel Messi is the greatest footballer in the world. No, no <laughs> questions asked. Or, or, or Maradona, because they're both Argentinian, I believe. Yeah, I might have to double check that. But yeah, cities like Buenos Aires, which is considered the Paris of the South, it's also、uh, developed enough to sort of.、Uh, Walk around the streets,、uh, me being an ignorant tourist, having no other idea about the country. It's a,、yeah. Spanish, it's a Spanish speaking country. I can pick up、uh, a couple of words in Spanish, even though I speak Italian. Yeah, I don't know. I've never been to South America before. That would be、um, an experience for me. I've only ever been to uh, the, uh, North America, which is the United States. Have you been to the US before, Brad? Uh, no, I haven't been to the United States before, but it's、uh, definitely on my itinerary soon. Canada as well. Oh, I nearly forgot to mention I was going to say Chile before Argentina, but、uh, with the 
current unrest that's going on in Chile and might give that a bit of a backburners, which is uh, interesting because uh, Chile is a very well-developed country, especially Santiago, the capital, and it's got a very rich history. Oh, you said that you wanted to go to Argentina, right? Uh, yeah, it just does comes to mind. I've all had Argentina in my mind for a while. Are you, um, have you heard of um, Aconcagua? Uh, no, but feel free to enlighten me. So um, Aconcagua is the uh, tallest mountain, I believe, in the um, southern hemisphere with a summit elevation of 6,900 meters, which is very, very high. Um, I, I, don't, I don't want you to go and summit it. It's, it's pretty dangerous once you get past like 5,000 or 6,000 meters due to like oxygen deprivation. But it is, it is a very nice uh, mountain and I think it is a mountain range. Oh no, it's part of the Andes uh, mountain range. Yeah, but if uh, Argentina and uh, Latin America is a bit of a too hard basket, I'd probably go somewhere in Europe, be very basic like Andorra, mm-hmm. Czech Republic, Netherlands. Yeah, I've only ever visited um, Italy and Greece in Europe. And I, I think going to Germany would probably be on the top of my Europe list. Germany seems awesome, especially like, I mean, all year round, but maybe even in like Oktoberfest, getting to try their beer. Yeah, Bavaria especially. Oktoberfest, BMWs, the food. Yeah, it'll be a quite an adventure, I would say. Are you, are you a big fan of BMWs, Brad? I drive one, so I kind of have to. I don't know. I feel like every time I'm on the road and I see like a BMW driver, I always make sure to leave like a three second gap behind them because I never know what they'll do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they do have a bit of a reputation, but I made history this uh, year. I've became the first ever BMW driver to actually use the left and right indicators when turning. No, okay. It's it's not as egregious as that, Brad. (laughs) But I will say some of them... Just on the road, I, I'm like very worried. I, I'm always like, I, I'm ready for you to do something erratic. I feel like uh, on the road, people who drive like Toyota is like super difficult to generalize because a lot of people from a lot of different socioeconomic backgrounds uh, and all different people just drive Toyotas. because I feel like they're very popular. For context, like my family owns Toyota. Just they're just like super reliable. Yeah, there's a reason why Toyota is the most popular car brand in Australia. I'm not sure whether that's still the case or if Hyundai overtook that, but it's definitely up there. Yeah. Uh, what? So, so what about BMW um, makes you like their cars? If I could describe it in one word, it's sporty. BMWs sporty. are very sporty, especially the M series. Do you, do you like driving fast or is it just a good feel? Uh, it's just a good feel. It's a well-built car. It's German-engineered. It handles the corners. Well, my car specifically handles corners very well. It's always fun to drive. It's just a joy. Okay. <laughs> I can't say that I'll give a BMW a try because I currently do not have <laughs> nearly enough money to invest in a BMW. But I'll, I'll, I'll keep in mind what you said, Brad. Yeah, but uh, back to traveling. I reckon the Netherlands would absolutely be top of my radar i had uh, my tradie mate go up there with his girlfriend amsterdam rotterdam and just completely raved about it the canals the cycling culture over there yeah amps uh is it specifically amsterdam uh well he went specifically to amsterdam i might make my way south down to belgium i see that will be that sounds so good and so amazing to travel to yeah i've heard very good things about traveling to europe it's just 
Um, yeah. Currently, like, uh, I'm assuming that all the COVID restrictions, like, almost them are gone, right? Almost all of them, yeah, but who knows? Hopefully there's no new rogue variant that pops up somewhere. Well, I mean, the flu season's basically behind us now, or it's coming up for, like, people in the Southern Hemisphere because... Uh, in the northern hemisphere, because their their seasons are flipped. Uh, what what about the UK? Would you would you like to go to the UK? Do you think after visiting the Netherlands and Belgium? I reckon I should have bought as many British pounds as I should have when the pound sterling crashed to its lowest level ever. I reckon. Oh yeah, yeah, sm- yeah. I reckon that would have been a smart move. Funny trust moment. Definitely, uh, the UK would be up there. It's well, it's the UK, and it's cheaper to go now because of the the, the pound. Yeah, you've got London, you've got Glasgow, uh, Stonehenge. Uh, what else can you do in London that's interesting for someone who's under the age of 60? Uh, I don't know. Just look around. There's a lot of iconic um, places uh, in London that people uh, are talk about. Yeah, but I don't want to be one of those, just another sort of tourist that goes for the tourist traps and the cliches. I want to be a bit more authentic. Funny enough, just saying that is a cliche of itself. That's exactly what I was going to say, Brad. You sound kind of pretentious when you when you say that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm not like the other tourists. I am cool. Trust me, guys. Y- yep, that's. I'm just being called out right here on my own podcast. No, it's okay, Brad. We will. I think like most people will have sort of like a different experience when going to London because you're not going to visit the exact same places as most other people. Um, uh, a visit it'll be insane to like do that unless you were obviously on like a tour group or something guided i think you would probably branch out and go to other places in the uk just have a look yeah might go to ireland as well ireland yeah go to dublin or cork or even belfast go see the sites where game of thrones was uh filmed because i'm a huge nerd when it comes to game of thrones <laughs> except for the eighth season <laughs> i'm sorry the what season Oh, okay. Game okay. Of Thrones well, ended after season five. There was okay. nothing after that. To be fair, I kind of do agree with that sentiment as well. As somebody who's never watched Game of Thrones, I can I can totally speak on this. Can you now? Uh, from what I saw, like the first four seasons, because I was like, my parents were watching it when I was like fifteen years old, because it was really popular then, and they were like, yeah, you can you can watch one of these episodes because it's cool. And I was like, oh, Game of Thrones, and yeah, Game of Thrones looked like a really good show. But honestly, I don't know that uh, that too much about it. All right, I think that, that this might be a good time to call it here. So, uh, I uh, fully agree. I think that's time to wrap it up. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today, Ben. No, no, thank you, Brad. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, it's always good to have a chat every now and then. I'll catch you later soon. All right. See you later, Brad. All right, that was Griff Chat for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you have a brilliant Val. I'm Brad. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.